You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 107, featuring special guest Brittany Nicholas of Broadway's Mean Girls. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. With the coronavirus pandemic shuttering live theater as we know it, your online presence has never been more important. Meet one-on-one with Actor Aesthetic founder Maggie Barra, that's me, to discuss how you can build your online presence. By the end of the hour-long virtual session, you will have a step-by-step guide to creating a powerful social media strategy and professional website that will attract creatives and casting directors alike. Book a consultation today by visiting actoraesthetic.com coaching. Well, hey friends, this is Maggie Barra. Thank you again for joining me this week for another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. I do hope you all are hanging in there and that you are safe and healthy. I have another brilliant episode for you, and it is with the absolutely lovely Brittany Nicholas. Brittany is currently in Mean Girls on Broadway and is a part of the original Broadway cast. She has been seen in Billy Elliot on Broadway, the Billy Elliot First National Tour, and Matilda First National Tour as the swing and children's dance captain. She has also appeared in Mamma Mia aboard Royal Caribbean Cruise Line as Lisa and a principal aerialist as well as Bye Bye Birdie at Goodspeed Opera House. In episode 107, I chat with Brittany about growing up in the competition dance world, touring the world with Billy Elliot and Matilda, auditioning for Mean Girls, and working as a swing on Broadway. We also touch on the importance of training and why it's not always necessary to go to college for musical theater to have a successful career in the theater industry. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. You grew up in Virginia, and how did you initially get involved in performing in general? When I was like three or four, I was that kid that was like, doing like forward rolls and like, you know, <laughs> cartwheeling and like handstand. Like I like was teaching myself, myself all of that. Mm-hmm. And so my mom actually enrolled me in dance and gymnastics. And I was at gymnastics at four. They came to my mom and they were like, so she has like the ability to be like Olympic level. But she oh my God. Training now. Yeah, it's crazy. And my mom looked at me. I love my mom because she like, let me make the decisions for myself, even though like, you know, I'm like, what four-year-old could do this? But like, she was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to dance, you know? Cause they were like, oh, well, you know, it would start before school. You would like practice before school. And I was just like, that just sounds crazy to me. I only did ballet 
until up until I was like 10, like ballet. Wow. My, like, the foundation is ballet. And then I joined a competition team. We traveled up and down the East Coast at dance competitions. And then a judge saw me and was like, you should come to New York and try some auditions. And so that's how I started coming to New York. How old were you at that point when that judge saw you? At this point, I was like 16. Mm-hmm. I, I had auditioned for the Alvin Ailey um, mm-hmm. summer program. So I was like up in New York doing that. And that was a cool experience because I got there and I was like, oh, everyone up here likes to dance and they like to sing. And my mom has a, she has a sister out in Long Island who still lives there, my aunt Booby. And I would come up um, and stay with her and like go into the city and audition at like 17. Were you just going in for all different kinds of things? Were you going in for primarily dance stuff or were you going in for theater? The longest time I wanted to be a backup dancer. Yeah. Like this is like, you know, 99 when like Britney Spears, <laughs> like Instinct, they all came out and I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then that turned into like, well, I can sing too. So like, maybe I'll be an artist. And then that turned into like, once I came up to New York and I did like my first audition and you know, they have you sing and dance and act, like you go through the callbacks and I was like, oh, well like we can do all of this in one. That's kind of how I like got into the musical theater genre, but I like knew that I wanted to perform. I was that like kid in high school where I was like, why am I sitting here in this class I just really need to make the grades because I already know what I want to do. How do you feel as though that training growing up prepared you for what has now been a career in the theater? Um, I will say uh, that that training specifically has helped me in Swingland because yes. when, you're, when you're competing, um, we have what's called a dance camp. So like you learn your competition dances like, the end of the summer, like August, you get like a week. And then depending on how many dances they put you in, like it can be a lot. So I was like learning maybe like nine or 10 numbers in like that week, not even knowing like future self would be doing like swinging or whatever. It was just (laughs) like, I was learning um, just these numbers. I'm like, I love to dance. They put me in all the numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, I picked up like super fast. So I was like learning the numbers and I was also helping like <laughs> other people understand and pick up the choreography as well. Like not even knowing that I was like training myself for like, you know, future jobs. And then I had this obsession with, because of my pop star, like obsession, <laughs> I had the obsession of like watching music videos and this is like back when we had like VHS right oh so yeah I had a TV my parents got me a TV for my birthday where I could pop the VHS in and then press record so I was like recording all of these fun videos and then I was like playing them over and over and then learning the choreography from the video like Usher Chris Brown um, oh my god just because I like love to dance so much that I think specifically has helped me with this journey and then also did gymnastics in high school. So as far as like stamina and conditioning, I've like just been doing that as well all my life. So when it comes to the eight show week schedule, um, it's just like, I don't want to say it's not easy, but like my body is just used to like 
just doing so much at once. Yeah. Like all the conditioning and the strength that goes behind it. So that has been very helpful as well as far as like keeping up with the eight show week schedule. Tell me about that first theatrical professional job that you booked as a performer. Gotcha. Okay. So my first professional gig was high school musical. And oh, of course. Was, yes. The stage version. Um, this was like, you know, around the time when like high school musical was out and everybody loved it. And so yeah. I was like, cool. If I can get in a high school musical production somewhere, like I'm high school age, like I uh-huh. know like a high schooler, like that all sort of felt. And it was for this theater called Summer Theater of New Hampshire. We rehearsed in New York at, at NOLA. And then we literally like all drove up to New Hampshire, like in a car, like the, the piano, the keyboard was like strapped in the, <laughs> in the um, trunk. I mean, just like, yeah. But like, it was like, my first like non-union gig. I think yeah. $5 like a week. And it happened in like a high school auditorium. <laughs> and, and bless, like my parents drove up and they saw it, like, you know, we're, we're, like, doing, like, status quo with, like, the giant rolling cafeteria tables, <laughs> real cafeteria tables. Um, yeah, and we did it, and I'm going to tell you, that cast was probably one of the most talented casts that I've ever worked with. Tommy Brocco was in that cast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Virginia Cavallari, who's, like, a phenomenal vocalist. I mean, just, like, all the talent, mm-hmm. they just clearly, like, were just getting off the ground. So you said that production was non-union. So what was, what, how did you, how did you eventually earn your equity card? Connecting the dots because I had High School Musical on my resume. Fast forward to that summer, um, Mary Garound Playhouse was also doing High School Musical. Oh my God. So I auditioned for their season and I um, booked High School Musical and then they gave me my first understudy credit. I was like understudying Taylor. Amazing. And then I also did a show called No No Nanette. And so that was my first like equity gig. And that was when I started earning my, um, yeah, started earning my points. You said that that second high school musical production was you started earning your points. Yes. Did you and did you eventually join through the EMC program or were you given an equity contract okay. that turned you equity? Um, I was given an equity contract. So I was given Billy Elliot before Billy I did Here's Love at Fireside Dinner Theater yeah. mm-hmm. and so that was my I was getting more points there and then I got the call that I booked Billy Elliot like right when we were going into tech uh-huh. for that and you've been a part of Billy Elliot in many different facets so what was the original production for you was it the tour the original first national tour cast which what they what they had planned was they had planned for us to be a sit down in Chicago and then they also came out with the second national tour. They went to LA. Wow. We were going to do kind of what like Hamilton's doing now, you know, yeah. like we were going to sit down and then tour. And then they were also going to have that like second company touring. And they yeah. don't do that that often. Like that is not a, a very common thing for there to be multiple touring productions and sit downs of the same show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, like, that plan didn't quite work out the way that they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So then they eventually, um, they closed us in Chicago, sent us to Toronto. The second tour, they closed them down. And then they became the, um, um, they, like, opened it as CETA and they revamped it. And so once Toronto 
was done. Like we all went back to New York. Now at that point, like I had been doing the show for like two years. So I was like, okay, like time to go back to New York, time to see what's out there. And then on the student tour, they had the oldest ballet girl leave. Like who's sitting around that could like, (laughs) you know, we could basically use, you know, like uh, adult wise that can play a child that we don't have to worry about Wranglers. And then, then I joined the CETA tour. It was like 2013. Then I was like, okay, this is great. Like my journey with the show that I think has come to an end now. <laughs> I started this journey at like the end of 2009 or beginning of 2010. So like, wow, like time to do something else now. And you mentioned that you were a part of the CETA tour, S-E-T-A. For someone who doesn't know what that is, can you explain the difference between that and Mm -hmm. like the first national tour that went out initially? Yes. Equity has now tiered um, their tours. And this is great because it gives, instead of, so what used to happen was like tours would go out equity union, and then they would close and go out non-union because non-union is cheaper for the producers. So equity then created to give, you know, to keep jobs in the union and to give more jobs in the union. They created like a tiered system now of like, you know, um, just like the scale of the tour and like the week. So the CETA tour, which stands for Art Engagement, like Touring Agreement, yeah, is basically the lowest like equity tier before it goes non-union. Uh, but like you're still getting your your um, in health insurance weeks, you're still getting all of that. And that show, as you saw it, like with the flying, all yeah. the kids, I think that like it will never be able to work non-union. It's just going to be too hectic. Like you, it would be so hectic. It would be really unsafe. And the amount of kids that are involved in that production, like you want to make sure that they're they're safe. You want to make sure that they're taken care of in terms of schooling, like. There's a lot that goes on, especially when you have that many kids and not just the, the girls I'm talking about too, the, the, the boys that are in the show, those, those leading men who are performing like crazy amounts of physical exertion. You know what I mean? Like you want to make sure that they're safe and taken care of. You're absolutely right. And interesting fact. Um, so the way that they, that the children worked there, like Matilda was a little different because on Matilda, we made sure that like the, each kid got one show off. Billy, they, the Billies were on like a rotation, but like the ballet girls had to like call out. They, they, they did eight shows a week with the adults, like every week. And they were the ones that had to call out. So that's why I'm like, gosh, this was like, non-union like man yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of them they they did really well they like held up but I mean just me personally I'm like if I were a kid that age doing the show and doing school crazy like we have you know adults have a day off they went to school on Mondays yeah so, so much so much respect for kids it's not even I mean listen Broadway is one thing but to be on tour my sister did it when she was really young she was in a production um I think it was actually CETA but it was a the national tour of Little House on the Prairie, the musical. And uh, it was, it was crazy. Like, good thing it was equity. Cause I mean, you know, they learned a lot and they really took care of the kids, but it's a lot of work for a, a lot of work, a yeah. 10, 11 year old. So listen, you've been working a ton and you had very consistently worked. So you did not have the traditional college experience. I did not. Yeah. 
experience was like, Brittany's like thrown in the fire and <laughs> sink or swim. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Really, I had never swung before. And mm. my very first time going on was like, um, homegirl went down like at half hour. Oh my God. Like, all right, here you go. And I will never oh. forget like Peter Darling is like, you know, good luck. Like, <laughs> I remember, you know what's crazy? What I actually remember about it, and this is how crazy my brain is, and like when in Mean Girls, like they will yell at me on stage. What <laughs> I remember about that performance was the one mistake that I made where like I was supposed to hold two counts because one side went before my side and I just went with the other side. That's like the, the main thing I remember from that. Like seven years ago. <laughs> seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, did you have fun? Did you like, I'm like, I don't remember any of that. You black out. Or like dance captain time. Or I don't know if it was the dance, if he was dance captain or he, if he was a swing, but Ryan Kasperzak came up to me afterwards and was like, yeah, so you just like made it really hard for the rest of us. You just set the bar really high. <laughs> As a person that had just turned 20 and yeah. I just booked my first like giant gig, you know, like full production number. They won 10 Tonys, like creative team. I was scared to lose my job. That, mm -hmm. That's where I was coming from. I was like, I have to do everything perfect. Like, because <laughs> they could easily be like, oh, she's not working. And, you know, at the time it was the hit show. They could be like, she's not working. We can bring mm -hmm. somebody. The Brits are very cutthroat. Through like motherly love, like they are, they are, I love them. Like they are some of the most loving people, but they have a certain standard. <laughs> And they're like, you're going to meet it or we're going to replace you. <laughs> but we love you. We love, we, you love, so we love you, though. But why we're putting this pressure on you. I mean, it's incredible. Like the reason why they put that pressure on you and they did it with the kids, too, is like they can see like potential mm. from miles away. Like it's it's so and especially now, like working with them as like a dance captain and they, they see something and they can see the potential and then they just like help you mm. like raise the, like, you know, rise to the top of like yeah. what you want, you know? Well, think about how many shows did so well in the UK first and then were brought over to the United States. I think that's the same for Matilda too, no? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to college, so you you didn't have a traditional college experience, but do you feel as though that affected your career in any way? I don't think so. Yeah. I think for me, um, I think it was just like helpful that I, I think for me, it was just more helpful that I didn't go to college. Yeah. One thing about me is I overanalyze a lot. Um, and I get into my head a lot. And I personally feel like if I went through to college and I had someone telling me like, well, you should sing this song and you should do this and you should look this way. Not saying that they're all like that, but like, you know, th their goal is to like help you and give you the foundation to like book a job, you know? But I feel like I personally do better like thinking on the fly, going on the fly, like just... It's like, throw it out there. Like, I will do much better singing a song if I just throw it out there versus, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, let's, like, nitpick. Um, yeah, so I think for me, just going into a room, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, 
You know, I went in for everything. And for me, there was something that was so freeing about that because I was just like, well, I don't care if you like me or not. I just want to sing. I'm from Virginia. I get to sing for people, you know, and I dance for people. And I think for me, that helped me a lot. I think also, had you had stopped, had you had stopped and made that transition and said, okay, I'm going to go back to school, that would have, that, you know, you wouldn't have had the same opportunities that you've had because you consistently worked. And I think it's just really important to show kids that it's okay. It is certainly okay not to go to school and to go right into the professional world. You don't need a degree. It's helpful to have a degree for sure. Yeah. But if you're already working, I mean, I have plenty of friends who straight up have been working or have been pursuing this since they were a kid and they did not go to school and they are doing just fine. So yeah. those connections, I think, are almost more important than sure. like actual talent. Like Matilda came along because I replaced the dance captain, Camden. I replaced her quickly. Like Matilda called me on a Monday at four. Whoa to start Tuesday at 9am. That connection <laughs> happened because of Billy Elliot. And I will never forget, I got there and Kate, Kate Dunn literally was like, um, she's like the associate. She literally was like, yeah, so like, you know, we just know that you're gonna like get through it. You might go and cry and like, you know, you might be stressed out, but we just know that you're gonna get through it and that you're gonna do what you need to do to make the show happen. And that was because yeah. of the work that I did on Billy Elliot, you know what I mean? It's, it's just like the constant connections, you know, casting directors have me in because they're like, well, we know that she's solid, you know, yeah. I think those are really important. Um, and almost more important than like what school that you have mm-hmm. listed on your resume. And I'm not saying that going to college is a bad thing. Like I think it, it is still helpful for some people that are still like, trying to find their way and mm-hmm. figure it out but I think for me I just like I was like okay here we go you're in the world like did just fine yeah. <laughs> so you eventually joined the cast of Mean Girls were you a part of Mean Girls from its DC run yes mm-hmm. yeah so, so they um and I actually, like, Mean Girls was also a whirlwind because oh my God. the time I was on, um, I was on Matilda, and we were, like, over in Nebraska. Like, we're just, like, really far away. Uh-huh. And I had gotten the appointment, and, um, like, I very kindly asked my agent, because, you know, Matilda was a lot of responsibility. Like, they were like, yeah, like, can you fly in for this appointment? And I, like, very kindly told my agent, I was like, look, I was like, you know, I'm swinging all the tracks here. I'm responsible for like the female or not the female, the, the, the children that are swinging, like they swung like four tracks each a week. Wow. Like, um, just, just responsible for the children in general. Um, and so I was like, I can't like fly back and forth. Like, it's just, that's just a lot. And so I was like, you know, can we ask casting if I can just come to the finals in front of the creatives? Wow. If they say no, that's okay. But like, um, but it would just be very helpful for me, you know, and it's like, mm. ask, you shall receive. And lo and behold, casting got back and they were like, oh yeah, sure. Like, you know, oh. like, she, can, she can like, um, and so then I was like, okay, well, <laughs> they gave you this appointment, then you got to go in and you can't be looking a hot mess girl. Like 
chance on you and said, cool, we're going to have Brittany come in because we know that she's solid. Mm-hmm. And so I basically had a goal of like, okay. Um, and I was like, forget the job. Like, like I, I, you know, I, we know that Tina Fey does the movie. We all know who um, Casey Nicola is. I was like, forget the job. Like, this is Telsey casting here. So like, go in, make sure that you're solid dance wise, make sure that you're solid singing wise and acting wise. And that's it. Like that's, you know, cause they, they'll continue calling you in. I came in and they had already cast like the ensemble. Um, which we didn't know that at the time. Oh, okay. We, we all kind of came in. They were like, we have a few tracks, like, you know, open. I was like, okay, well, like, you know, it could be anything, but like, I'm just going to be here and like, you know, do what I do. Um, and I will never forget, I went over in the corner super quick with Brendan, who was the dance captain, learned the combination in like 10 minutes. And then Casey came in and was like, okay, everybody, we're like ready to go. And I like danced. And then... They had a callback, I sang, and then they had another round of callbacks, and I read, like, the genocides, and this all happened in, like, an hour. My God. Maybe, an hour, maybe a little over an hour, but, like, an hour, and then I, I left. I was like, okay, cool. I felt good, like, because I, at that point, had did exactly what I wanted to do, which was, like, showcasing that, like, I'm, like, solid in each area. Um, yep, and then... Lo and behold, they were looking for A, a swing. <laughs> B, they needed her to be African American. And C, they needed her to be short. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like, this yeah. is me. Like, you know. And did you know any of this prior? You had no idea. I didn't know until I got to DC, or until I got to the rehearsal in DC. And of course, you know, they had already put the show together in the lab. And I was like, oh, oh, I see exactly. This makes sense. Yeah. And then the other track which is um, Sweet Becca, like her track, you know, they, they made her track more of like the cover of the principles. And I was like, oh, this like, yeah, it makes so much sense. And it's probably why it happened like so quick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. Wow. Did you have to, I don't know. I just was wondering, did you have to at any point re-audition for the Broadway run? Like how did you find out that you were also going to be a part of that run? I did not. Yeah, uh, I will say, because when when DC started, once again, me and my like, like my like the, the amount of pressure that I put on myself, <laughs> like, you have to do your job or they're gonna fire you. Um, we didn't know, like, who was going to Broadway or what was happening. So when I started DC, I was terrified. And I was a nervous wreck. Mm. Because like, I, like, they had all been doing it. You know what I mean? And I was like, God, they saw me in an hour. They saw something in me in an hour that they were like, yes, she is what we want. So now you got to come in and not be a mess in this room. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so the whole time in DC, I think was stress for everyone. It was lovely, but it was stress. And even, yeah. even like, you know, the principals, like we were all just like stressed to the max. Cause like, you know, we're trying to put the show up and we're like, we want it to be really good. And then at the same time, we're like, we hope that we're going to Broadway mm-hmm. or everybody's like crossing their fingers. I didn't find out until maybe like towards the end of like the DC run that mm-hmm. I actually was going to Broadway. I also am like just paranoid. I'm like, I'm, until I sign a contract, like anything can happen. You know what I mean? 
That's so true. Until you sign that contract, you simply, because it's such a business and like you just, it, again, I, like we said, it's it's so subjective and there are so many other moving parts that we simply don't know about. Like you said, with with your track specifically, what they were looking for, you had no idea. You just happened to be perfect for the track and that's exactly what they were looking for. But mm-hmm. man, is it so much more than what meets the eye? Yes. Yeah, yep. and it's also you know, and like we know how the business works. Like there are people that have done labs that have not been yeah. asked for. There are people that have done out of towns that have not um, been asked to move forward. So like until I signed that contract, I, was, I just had like, I like my mind was like, well, I really hope and I really want to go to Broadway, mm-hmm. but you know what? If I don't, that's okay. And yeah. th- that wisdom came from like all the things that I've experienced in the past. You yeah, know? you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I did, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. And let me just say that I have so much respect for you as a swing in all of these shows. I mean, you have worked a ton regionally, on tours, on Broadway, and you have swung the crap out of these shows. Many of these shows that have, you know, upwards of like 12 tracks in them that you're covering. I'm sure that you have developed a process that works best for you when it comes to learning this material. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, are you a note taker? Do you learn by doing what, what's your process? So my process is, um, one, I know a lot of people like to type. I Mm -hmm. like write, like, you know, like in school where they're like, write the sentence five times over. (laughs) Like, no, like for me, that does help. Like I, I, um, like to write and I also, um, you know, I, I like color coded um, like note cards on like rings and I just kind of made like, I call them like the football diagram stuff. Um, as far as like, it's weird cause my brain will kind of like, like I, I can see pictures. Yeah. And then I can kind of like um, process of elimination. Um, Mm. when I was learning Matilda that all happened super quick like um, the dance captain made a note she was like watching me because I would do a track and then like she'd be like okay we're gonna switch tracks and then as I'm going over my brain I would be like okay well like if so-and-so is over here oh my god yeah this person is opposite so then this person must go and I was like going backwards and she was just like wow this is like such an interesting like, I'm just super impressed that, like, yeah, my brain will kind of go, okay, who's similar choreography-wise? Like I said, like, I just, like, work so hard on picking up choreography, like, quickly in general, mm-hmm. that um, that has been helpful. Um, and then uh, I will say that um, Billy Elliot, because they're very detailed, like, almost to, like, what does the end of the pinky finger do? And, like, yeah. what, so, like, being in that like strict um, world for so long helps me pick up like the super, super small details of like, excuse me, of like well, this person moves the hot dog to this tray. Exactly. So-and-so has to like take the hot dog. Like the, um, Billy and Matilda have helped me a lot with like those like super small details. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just, yep. Like I, I, um, I mean, I wish that I could like, really say that I had like a specific way of doing things but I do think like you know the more that you can compartmentalize like what is the same across the board and what is not 
um, that's a start. These people have originated these roles and I'm, I'm covering them. So I could maybe be like, okay, well, I'm going to say it exactly like so-and-so, mm-hmm. but my personality isn't like that person, you know? So anytime that I try and like copy someone, it doesn't work. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well then like, how does, I've created my own character. Her name is Jamise. Um, and I like Curtis and Demarius named me that. So I'm like, you're not, you know, Lizzie Thurman, like you're Jamise <laughs> in this track. And I just kind of say how I would say it, you know? I mean, of course, like in the confines of the show, like I'm not being out there. You just reminded me of something you had posted on your Instagram a few months ago about how Mean Girls might be slightly problematic in their use of Rosa Parks as a joke and of casting certain actors of color to be used as the butt of a joke and as comedic relief in the show. I would love to hear more of your thoughts on that. You know what I think it is? I think the problem lies with casting um, a group of actors, black and brown, and then Mm -hmm. not really using them for their full, like to their full potential. So I think if, um, like, I don't don't necessarily think that like the Rosa Parks joke is um, problematic. Like I love that, I think it's hilarious. Um, And you know, this is like very personal and I love the show, but like, that you don't just have those actors step into the forefront when they have to make a joke like that. You know what I mean? Like you can still use them in other ways and not just to be like, you know, the black joke, if that makes Mm. sense. You know what I mean? Um, And that's just like, I think with a lot of shows of like, instead of just sprinkling, you know, like the diversity in there, it's like, oh, well, like, um, it doesn't matter like what this person looks like. Maybe they too can get a featured singing line. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe they too can like be this other character instead of instead of them just having to be the character that like makes the black joke. Anyone could be anything. Regina George is the queen bee. You could have anyone if they are like confident and they can wail. In my <laughs> opinion, like like that is. Yeah, to me, that's more intimidating than, like, she has to look a certain way. And, right. And that goes for, like, a lot of the characters. You know what I mean? Like, you can have, like, short, tall, red, yellow, like, whatever, be, like, the character that's maybe not so smart. Yeah. Now, it's not going to all look the same. You know what I mean? Like, because we're all acting from our own experiences. Um, but I think shows like Mean Girls um, and where there is really no, like, specific outline um I think that yeah I think that it could we could kind of make it whatever we want now at the same time like people are used to the movie and what what happens in the movie you know and this speaks to America a lot right the in in like most of the movies in America who is the girl that's in charge she's white she's normally blonde that's the popular girl right So, like, I do understand, like, Mean Girl, that is, like, the stereotype that we are, that we're, you know, going by, but it's also, like, at this point, it's, like, it's 2020. (laughs) Anyone could be, you know, my school, like, our Regina George looked like Ashley De La Rosa. Yeah, right. The reason why she was popular was because, like, she had a certain swag about her. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there are just now so many different experiences 
that we can all like just jumble together you know like mm. it, that's what I want to say I want to see more of just more fe- features for, yeah. for brown people and and not because you want to be diverse but because we actually deserve that because we work very hard and we're also very talented and like here's the thing like Tina is super cool because Tina would write certain lines and be like all right like which which um line do you want to say and Camille would be like oh I feel like this and that and I think that's a really cool thing that Tina does when when it comes to writing yeah so um I also just hope that it in the future we can be more collaborative my final question for you is just if you could give one piece of advice to a young artist who's looking to pursue a career in this what would you say be yourself I spent so many years um trying to be like okay well like if I looked like this if I sang like this if I did it this way then maybe they would like me and I've gotten all of my jobs because of me being me and I know that it gets like when you when you get into the business and like you know, you start dealing with the rejection, it's very easy to be like, well, you know what, like, if I just looked this way, or if I just did it this way, then maybe I wouldn't have been rejected. And um, it's like a hard thing to deal with sometimes. And I think the more confident you are in yourself, the better, because like the jobs that are meant for you will come to you. Yeah. And some of them, you don't even know that they're coming. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you don't even, and like, if you can just be yourself and just keep telling yourself to hold on because you don't know what's happening in the future. Like, it all just kind of lines up. Um, yeah. Sing how you sing. Act how you act. Pick songs that showcase your personality when you go into a room. Just like, be 100% you. That is such a great way to end this. I think that that is so important, especially for young artists who are looking left and looking right and they're comparing themselves. It's a hard thing to learn, but it is so important if you want to have a long-term career in this. Absolutely. So thank you, Brittany, for sharing that. And thank you for taking time out of your busy week and your busy schedule. I hope to see you on Broadway sometime soon. Jeez, Louise. (laughs) If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.